I'll have what she's having. Is it safe? League of Their Own, starring Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, and Lori Petty, was released in 1992. The Toronto Blue Jays took the World Series that year, and the Bosnian War kicked off a three-year conflict in former Yugoslavia. We've got only one other movie quote from the list from 1992, A Few Good Men. Without further ado, let's take a few swings at A League of Their Own and the legacy these ballplayers left behind number 54 on AFI's 100 Years, 100 Movie Quotes. And we, we're talking about books as kind of a lead-in here um, because we have Tasha Kaiser on the podcast for this season's three episode of A League of Their Own. Give a little bit of background on why you picked up a book, uh, even an illustrated one, to kind of drive home the point of, of what we're talking about today. Sure. Um, I, I read a lot. I'm a, I call myself a serial book clubber. I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to book clubs. I join them, I form them. So I started an Instagram a few um, years ago. So I'm Mississippi Mom Reads is my Instagram account. And um, we call it Bookstagram because there's a whole lot of us out there that just post about books. So, um, so I was excited to have a book tie in to the material for this movie. And it's a wonderful night to chat about the sports comedy drama, A League of Their Own. That's a great, that's a great description. First question right off the bat. Did you like this movie? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And when you, when you suggested it, I, I didn't know it was an option, so I was very excited about it. But um, we rewatched a lot of the movies that we you know, thought were all-time faves during quarantine with our teenagers, and we discovered a lot of our all-time faves do not hold up well over time. So... Um, this particular movie, though, stand, stood the test of time. I mean, the kids even said, what are you, what are you going to talk about? And I said, A League of Their Own. And they're like, we love that movie. Good. And you have, you have how many kids? You watched it with, with the family. How many kids do you have? We have four. I can't guarantee what head count there was on this particular day. <laughs> Coming and going, in and out, yes. you know? Yes. Most, fa- most family movies in the Powers house were similar. Our dad infamous for, wait, hang on. I have a, a quick honey-do list I need to accomplish. I know we just sat down to watch the movie, but I got to knock these things out really quick. It's rubbed off on me. I infuriate my wife by getting up. Wait, wait, let me, let me check on something really quick. But uh, we, we get through it eventually. But the whole family liked it, and you said it holds yes. up. I, I can't help but agree with you. This is the first time that I saw this movie. And from, from start to finish, I know, shocker. I am, I am a gas. I'm speechless. I mean, I'm just grateful. I had the opportunity to, to be here to witness your first, first wave of thoughts. So my first wave of thoughts were, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if it's something particular to sports movies or maybe just movies in general over the course of time, or maybe my, my, maybe my attention span dwindles as I age, but, um, I longer movies tend to have me withdrawn a little bit, you know, I kind of like, oh man, two hour runtime, good grief, how can they, wh- what all is there to cover, this seems have like a simple enough story. Have you been to the movies story. lately, there's not one there less than two and a half hours. So. I know, and and that's the thing, you ask anybody that knows me, I'm a pretty harsh, uh, pretty harsh guy when it comes to runtime, you know, I, I try to yes. pare down as much as I can. I feel like that about page, I feel like that about page length, I'm like, did we have to have 500 <laughs> pages, we could have, we could have reduced this. And single spaced, what's going on here, right? <laughs> All that to say, it clipped by, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, it. It kept me attentive. There was funny moments in there. The music was great. I'm a big soundtrack guy. I was really thrilled to see Hans Zimmer, uh, his yes. name, and the opening credits. All, all across the board, thumbs up, green light. Coop enjoyed it, which is a good start. That is um, a good start. That I haven't felt start. that way about uh, some of the movies on the list, and you'll, you'll hear that through, through further episodes. But, sure, uh, sure. The backstory on this is that, you know, Penny Marshall, I don't know exactly what format we're going in, so I'm just going to jump on in here. Please do. So um, Penny Marshall was the director, and she directed Tom Hanks in Big. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, of course, her brother is in the movie, but I did not know her daughter's in the movie. Her daughter is Betty Spaghetti. Great, no uh, great nickname, by the way. I know. I love that name. I love that name. But I, I have notes just on the casting, because the, the cast is, I mean, it's, it's, it's an all-star cast. But um, did you know this is the top grossing baseball movie of all time? 
I didn't know that. I, I would have thought for sure Field of Dreams or For the Love of the Game, but I didn't look Field at the hard numbers. Field of Dreams is not even in the top five. I hate to, My husband said the same thing. So um, I think the second one is like Moneyball. So yeah. we're talking like global, global um, gross proceeds globally from Infinity Lifetime, whatever, whatever the exact statistic is. In so. perpetuity, whatever the case may be. True. That's great. We're, we're kind of jumping off on casting here, and I think that's a great point to start on because this is a terrific all-star cast, star-studded cast. Uh, yes. You want to talk about another little sneaky addition, Taya Leone playing yes. a, a ball player on the racing, uh, the racing, not rocks, what no, I've forgotten already, the, bells, the racing, the the, bells. The, the, playing for the racing bells, right. And I saw her, I was like, well, she looks familiar. And you see her name in the credits. Yes. She's got a, I don't even think she has lines. If she does, it's, it's very small, but, um, but she's very notable. The, um, I, we, I, let's talk about Lori Petty. So Lori okay. Petty plays Kit. So do you, are you familiar with, I mean, she was in, um, oh my gosh, I just lost it with Patrick Swayze, the surfing movie. Point Break. See, um, yes, she was the girl in Point Break, which I think looks unrecognizable to this role. But um, she's currently in Station Eleven on HBO, and she's 100% not recognizable because she plays the, um, the conductor on the um, Station Eleven right now on HBO. So You think it was the 40s bangs with the small bob at the bottom, the hairstyle Maybe might so. have she's bald. She's like she, she has a buzz cut now, and she's unrecognizable. Okay. But I heard her voice, and I'm like, that's Kit. <laughs> Uh, every everybody included. I thought Gina Davis had a lot of you know emoting in there as playing a, an older sister. And uh, and okay, so also first time I've seen this movie. First time I've seen a Madonna movie. Tasha. Okay, okay. I don't know how many there are besides Dick Tracy. I mean, like besides. Let's see. She was in. Oh yeah, Suddenly Susan. Again, I think I'm a lot older than you, so um, I think she was dabbling with acting there for for a bit. But um, there is apparently um. Apparently, she did not enjoy the filming of the movie, that she was dirty and sweaty and in a town with no cute boys for during the filming. That was her, um, <laughs> that was a leaked message um, from Madonna. But um, all the girls, I say all the girls, all the cast apparently really played baseball. They really got injured. That famous strawberry was like apparently a real life injury. So um, when the girls slid in the home, the dirt in the skirt. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I guess, you know, it wasn't much different. She went from Vogue to, uh, you know, <laughs> being dirty all summer or whatever. So Vogue to bruised or whatever the case may be. Exactly, exactly. And I want to get a little bit of a framework um, yes. for, for the movie uh, sure. briefly by saying that this was based off of uh, a book. I think there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of tales that were woven into making this story, and there's a lot of books out there. I did see that about Sarah Gilbert. I wasn't really sure. Um, I picked up one, but it's more like a YA... It's like a highly okay. illustrated one, but um, but there's a lot of information out there. And did you know they're making a new one? I, I didn't know that. That's really interesting to hear. I wonder, have they gotten a cast list out there, or is it just in the works right now, pre-production? I think it's already been filmed, quite honestly, because there's been Whoa, okay. like still images of them playing baseball, but it was back in like 19 or 20, so it's an Amazon product. So we'll, And it's not, it's not a continuation of this these characters but it's just the story of the all-american girls baseball league yeah maybe maybe some more like vignette stories of like hey here were the other teams that were playing during this time sure. so penny marshall directing she'd previously done big she knew tom hanks and we had han zimmer for the music uh based on the real life accounts of the one season spectacular uh you know uh american female baseball league did you or do you play sports in any capacity? I did. I did growing up in high school. I do not currently play much. I played. I dabbled in tennis back in the back in the uh, when the kids were little. Um, I was um, going to tell you though. In this movie, it features the one season. But if you saw the years at Cooperstown at the end, it the league went on for for a long time. That was probably uh, some some dramatization, dramatization yes. rather of uh, yes. of the story. But sure, that, that yes. makes for a more that makes for a more compelling movie, right? Yes, yes. There, it did go on longer than that, but um, there was a point of tension that we created this because the boys aren't here, and now when the boys come home from war, you know, we won't be needing these these girls anymore. It's a great uh, Gary Marshall line. I love these girls. I don't need them, but I love them. So, um, <laughs> do you yes. have do you have siblings? Oh, yes. Oh, How many yes. siblings do you have? I have two sisters. 
Was there any sort of heated competition between y'all playing sports or doing any sort of activity similar or mirroring uh, uh, Dottie and, and Kit? It really was. I'm the older sister, and so um, ours wasn't necessarily the perfect one, quote unquote. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the, the the first and the first and the best. So um, the um, I do have two younger sisters. One's a great deal younger than me, and one is closer to me in age. So we 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 were compared a lot with grades and activities. It was mostly with grades and and effort and things like that at home. Behavior was always a comparison. So. And yes, when we were growing up, she was not always um, fond of me because I would not necessarily get in trouble, whereas she got in trouble a lot. So yes, there was a lot of, um, I could, a lot of those notes really hit home for me for this movie. I'm from a larger family as well, and, and everything rings true. You know, it, it, I feel like the relationship um, played up. Now, everybody's siblings are different. Everybody's interactions with their siblings are different. Uh, but this one kind of takes a more soured sort of jealous approach, you know, the the time heals all wounds kind of thing as they wrap up towards the end and they finally embrace when they see each other at the at the Hall of Fame memorial, which I thought was a, a, a great moment, a feel-good mm-hmm. moment. Uh, made me enjoy the movie a lot more because that was that final resolution, you know? Right. Who's to say that they hadn't been in touch all these years, but um, it right. did seem to indicate maybe there was still a gap in their relationship. Yeah. Uh, especially with something, you know, that they were so passionate about with such high stakes you know, in, in that time, in that period, uh, it seemed like they just reached a crescendo at just the right moment. Great, great directing, smart writing. It was funny. Uh, and I'm, I'm a big Tom Hanks fan. And uh, he oh, yes. had me in stitches the whole time. So that was great, too. He definitely had some great scenes. And um, I, I think some of the th- things I had read um, said that they really didn't, they wanted him to gain weight. I think this was not too too far before or after like sleep is in Seattle when he was, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the male lead, the romantic lead. And they didn't want him to, they didn't want the girls to quote, fall in love with him in the movie. So they wanted to gross him up. So they, uh, he gained he had weight. to be kind of pitiful. He gained weight. There's a lot of drool and tobacco spit dripping down the, the yep. clothes. You know, he, they definitely did a great job. <laughs> I think they did a terrific job. I, his, you know, slovenly acting and, and, you know, uh, kissing the, uh, the female chaperone, the chaperone when he's on the yes. bus had me cracking up. Yeah. Great. Um, I, one of the things that I had written down um, when I can't remember if it was Mr. Lowenstein, I think it was Mr. Lowenstein is talking to him because he's trying to tell him, you know, we hired you and we'd like you to give a little more effort. And, um, and he's spitting tobacco on his shoes and he says, Jimmy, if we paid you a little more, could you be more disgusting? He said, <laughs> Ooh, well, I could certainly use the money. So I, I thought that was a great, I love that scene. I, I love how he leaned into it. And I, I think about him and his interaction with the girls. And I, I don't doubt for a minute that there was some has been washed up or just unaffected or disinterested manager in those days. Very similar to Jimmy Dugan. Certainly. I, it's funny Certainly. writing and, and obviously Tom Hanks hands it up, hams it up in the most Tom Hanks way possible, right? Yes. But that, that doesn't escape my mind that there was probably you know, a, a bevy of managers who are just like, oh, rolling their eyes. Yeah, I hope this only lasts a single season, you know, dealing right. with all these girls and right. doing all that. I mean, the, his, his, his urinal scene is famous. That's, you know, the, <laughs> the 53 seconds or whatever the, you know, they were timing him. The, that's a very famous scene. <clears throat> when you think about the movie and you think about how it makes you feel, um, mm-hmm. were there any takeaways for you seeing it this time that you didn't get maybe uh, previous times? or I mean, this is my, I had nothing but takeaways this time, but what about you as a repeat viewer? Well, it, it changes as a mom because I also have daughters. and um, But because of the way um, my interactions with my siblings, I really tried to raise my daughters to, in fact, I tell them they should each be more like the other one. I tell both of them they should try to be more like the other one because one studies way too hard and one could probably use a little extra effort and you know, one's super creative and chill, and one's very tight wound. So I, I try not to to have a, quote, older, better sister type scenario that they kept painting Dottie out to be. And now, yeah. was it Dottie's fault? Not not at all. So, um, but uh, Kit was younger. She was not married. She was living in a dairy farm in Oregon. You know, it was, she didn't really think she had a lot of options in life. And honestly, that's kind of a takeaway for a lot of this, a lot of these people that were in the, in the, the characters, I guess you'd say. Yeah. 
So, so now that I have daughters, I do try to be more aware of, of you know, childhood can be brutal. Let's try to limit the scars when it comes to comparing siblings, you know. Well said. I'm going to take that to the bank. So I'll, uh, I'll send you a thank you note when I start uh, pitting them, my, my children against each other in the most diplomatic and constructive way possible. Right? Well, I mean, you might want to say, wow, you could clean this bathroom faster. You know, you want it to make sure it serves me. It needs to serve me first and foremost. So. I know all about the timed competition. Hey, Cooper, I bet you can't uh, empty the garbage faster than me. Oh, you want to bet? You know? Sure, sure. But you, you mentioned uh, being, being stuck in the past, and, and I think about that kind of, uh, that heart-wrenching scene where that poor woman's looking for her name and she can't read, you know, I, again, I yes. think that's another small vignette that's just like, man, yeah. Uh, think about, uh, you know, illiteracy and, and people being so mm-hmm. segmented. I mean, illiteracy is still a, a big problem today. I'm, I'm, I was going to say, I'm there sure. were probably more than just one, quite frankly. There were yeah. probably a lot more. Yeah. I but agree. I think, I think Penny Marshall did a great job with these small little subtle reminders of, you know, the rural parts of America back in the forties yes. and even extending today. Yeah, no, um, and then she had the African-American family who came to watch and who threw a ball into Great example. The, I, yes, so um, she, had a, she had a good eye for trying to capture the landscape of what that looked like. Absolutely. Kind of take a snapshot of America during that time, and I think she did a fantastic job doing so. Sure. Um, part of that is when the girls have to go to charm school, which is, you know, it's it's unfathomable to me, unfathomable to me that we would you know have to go to charm school to play baseball. But apparently that was what they had to do. So, um, but those are some great scenes, also. Yeah, it'll put butts in seats. See, they want to see a curtsy as well as catch. Probably one of those lines, you know. Yes, yes. Leaning back on what you said um, about you know people not having the options, not having the the decisions on you know where they were based or where they were from during that time. I think uh, it's it's kind of an easy segue into maybe some replacement lines for the movie. My one that I have right off the bat is the slugger, Marla, cracking him through the gym window. Yes. It's not soon after where she's waiting for the train and she's, she's bawling and her father comforts her. And 20 minutes, 34 seconds in, Marla's dad says, honey, you got to go where things happen. I think that mm-hmm. was a pretty good one. I think that kind of encapsulates, you know, hey, this get up and go. You've been given this opportunity and, you know, embrace that, embrace that physical uh, prowess that you've got. You know, it doesn't matter that you're a girl. You can play with the best of them. That's fantastic. That's right. right. I love Marla Hooch. Her transformation from when we first met her in that school gym where she's breaking windows to her ultimately dancing on stage with a microphone at the sun's bucket or this, whatever the bar was called, um, and then she was the first one to, you know, to find love. Who who would have thought that Marla Hooch would have uh, would have made such a transformation? But um, so I I really love that character. I love it when they're doing the introductory newsreel, and everyone's close up and winking at the camera, and she's got a far shot. You can barely make her out in the <laughs> and she's in out the of landscape. focus. They're like, and there's Marla Hooch. Yes, so, <laughs> what a hitter. Um, she, did, she did a great job, and she's adorable, and she's really a cute a cute girl. They really had to work hard, I think, to uh, to bring that transformation for her. Ugly duckling to swan story for sure. And yes. I, speaking of her being on that stage, her rendition of, um, I it think it was, it had to be you. you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the musicians just bury in their faces. Oh God. Yeah. Um, Gina Davis says, what did you do to her? And they said, nothing. We gave her a dress and a lot of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> and thus a karaoke star was born, I guess. So, um, have you ever done karaoke before? I, I have, but I'm not very good. I'm very nervous. Like, I want it to be, like, the perfect song and the perfect pitch, which doesn't really exist. So, but I, I'm, not, I'm not a great karaoke singer. Aaron and I, uh, we, we've done, I've done karaoke a few times, um, but we did it together for the first time when we were in Indianapolis. And yes. uh, we met up with some friends out there. And she belted out a rendition of Amy Winehouse's um, uh, Rehab, I think. And I, I yes. still have a video somewhere, but it's... It's fantastic. It was That's really awesome. a lot of fun. Another standout is um, when Doris, Rosie O'Donnell, is talking about her boyfriend back home. And that he's, he doesn't have a job. He's not nice to her. Um, he's worthless. And they're like, why are you with him? And she's like, well, what other options do I have? And so um, it was just a nice. It's a nice, like, venue that the all these girls, um, really they're ladies, all these ladies came from all over the place and, and their own communities didn't have anything in common with anyone. And then they joined the league and now they're, you know, a, one of a tribe. They've, they found their people. So 
it takes that it, sometimes it takes those you know extenuating circumstances to uh not only drive the narrative but kind of make it more believable you know it's sure. not just like oh this this wasn't just happenstance they weren't just john levis wasn't just going around on his merry old way by the way hilarious and he got he kind of got up there with top billing and he was only in the movie for like 10 minutes you know yeah i i read that his character was supposed to have more screen time but they um but he made his zingers zing so so much that they kept there's the very best material to really elevate you know when he was on the screen so um yes he he is he is hilarious for sure and, and you didn't want to love its overload i think he was probably just right with the amount of screen time that he had, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I think it was great. Plus, the recruiting piece is only a small portion of the, the whole story. So right. um, maybe he was going to come back and forth with new people. I don't know. I don't know what it, the ulti- the original story was supposed to be for him. But I did I did like that he got all the good, the good lines, you know. Uh, as we progress further in the story, we see uh, the girls forming fast friendships. Uh, you know, Dottie immediately makes herself known by one-handing the catch, and Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna are shocked, and they're they're a great foil for each other, a great com- uh, comic. I love duo. that duo, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, I mean, I, I didn't doubt it because you know, just like you said, she can vogue. She she has vogued. Voguing is in her vocabulary. That's but right. But I'm pretty sure there were some quick cuts of her doing that swing dancing uh, on the floor, which oh, was really was a cool. Great- that's a great scene. Okay, so again, I'm older than you, but you know, Penny Marshall was in Laverne and Shirley back in the day. Carmine from Laverne and Shirley was her dance partner, soldier okay. on the dance floor. And they were they were turning up the heat. I'm pretty sure he yes. had like eight buttons undone by the time the <laughs> the yes. night was over. Yes, with lipstick all over his face, a hundred percent. So, um, um, do you uh, do you know if that? That snapshot of Gina Davis doing the splits with the catch, was that a real life magazine cover? I, I didn't get a chance to look it up. I was wondering if you knew off the top of your head. I was told that she she had to hire a stunt person to do the catch while doing the split, but then the actual picture was her doing a split. But it's Gina Davis. I don't think it was on I don't think there I don't I don't believe so, but I could be wrong. Okay. So um, I didn't I think did, so I did either. I find it interesting that she could do the split, but she couldn't catch a ball and do a split at the same time. You know, I thought that was interesting. So <laughs> takes some coordination. I don't think. I mean, I definitely can't do the splits, but I mean, maybe sitting cross-legged style trying to catch it—that's nowhere near as impressive, though. Just like the right manager exactly. on the other on the other team said, well, "Who can? Who can do that?" Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I love that scene where they're trying to be a little more showy, a little more flashy to, to bring some pizzazz into the game of baseball. And, um, I, I love that. And I love it when May says, um, I forgot her last name. It's an Italian last name. My name is May. And that's an, that's more of an attitude than anything or something. Mm-hmm. I just love that. I love that. They were all so cute. Everybody crushed the role. I, I got a lot out of it. I, I would definitely watch it again. It was a lot of fun. Well, I've been dying to buy um, a Rockford Peaches costume. I told you that. I mean, I thought I was going to have to buy one just for the filming. So, um, but I'm I'm going to hold on to that for Halloween. Me and a couple of friends oh, in the Rockford perfect. Peaches costume would be so cute. That'd be awesome. I think this is just what I needed to convince me to do it. <laughs> hey, you show them this and be like, "Hey, I got something to lean on, and this this has weight now. This has gravity. This means That's something right. now." That's right. I'm a peach. I'm a peach. Before we talk about the line, number 54 on AFI's 100 Years, 100 Movie Quotes, there's no crying in baseball. I want to ask you, have you ever had a mean boss? Oh, certainly. And they made me cry. Okay. So they made a you cry. A thousand percent. You yes. said it. I was going to ask it. Oh, yes. What, uh, what, what were kind of the circumstances surrounding it? Do you remember anything about it? Yes and no. Most of it is just like you're anticipating being treated one way, then you're treated a different way. And maybe you made mistakes, and maybe... You didn't know any better. Maybe it was an honest mistake that you, you'll learn from. But yet, yes, I got yelled at a few too many times, and I let it. I let it rip. The tears fell. <laughs> I don't think they saw the tears. Good. So, yeah. Um, never let them see you crumble. Never that let was, them see you cry. That's right. Don't be like. Uh, uh, oh, her name wasn't Betty. I've I've forgotten her name. Uh, in the movie, but it was oh, it yeah. was the blonde, the mom, tightly the mom, cr- the mom with the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the kid who Tom I Hanks forgot. chased off Delor- of the bat. I know. Is it Dolores? I'm not sure. I just know Sitwell or Stillwell was the son's name. Stillwell was the son. Stillwell, come here. Uh, yes, I mean, God bless her for taking a child on the on the tour. So, <laughs> not, I've, not I've, a good idea. 
I've I've seen bad bosses come and go, and I've I've you know definitely been very emotional about being chewed out before, and uh, probably on the verge of tears at, at one point in time. But uh, I, I think it's really just kind of a uh, a lesson in managerial styles. You know, you don't sure. you don't want to weaken your workforce further. You want to build rapport with your sure. employees and your contemporaries. So be constructive. constructive. Exactly, be constructive, yes. not destructive. Correct. So there's no crying in baseball. Com- yes. Comes in at just about halfway. Okay. 58, 58 minutes, fifty two seconds. There's no crying in baseball. I like to think. He's just at this point, he's kind of come out of his own shell. I don't, I don't think Gina Davis has given him the Coke instead of the liquor yet at this point. No, I, I no, think it happens a, just after. That's after that, yeah. He's just now starting to care about the team. He's just Precisely. Not, well, I'm not even sure he cares about the team. He's just starting to engage with the baseball aspect. So right now we're just strictly going to talk about a baseball game, not necessarily who the ladies are behind, you know, after the game's over. But yes. Um, I, and I, I love that, that, that scene, I, that scene is so iconic. That line is so iconic. Had you heard the quote before you watched the movie? Uh, no, I actually hadn't. Um, I, uh, maybe just read it in passing with like, you know, doing some research for a different one top, you sure. know, whatever. But then when I saw this list, I was like, oh, that sounds funny. And I started watching clips of the different quotes on YouTube. Cause you can mm-hmm. find a lot of them pretty easily. Right. And uh, and I saw that when I was like, oh, I can't wait to watch that one. That's going to be really funny. Yes, yes. And I love how he goes from screaming at her. And um, he, he says in the movie, ball players. I don't have ball players. I've got girls. So um, I love how at the end, and he's such a great actor, Tom Hanks, when he's trying to refine his coaching skills and she makes the same mistake <laughs> and he's visibly shaking. He cannot speak. He's so mad, but he doesn't attack the her tobacco verbally. spit is leaking out of his mouth as he's, he's yelling at her. His eyes are squinty. His hands are shaking as he's trying to hold back uh, all the things he re- he wanted to spew, spew at her. So um, it just showed his growth as a character. I agree. Uh, growth is important. It it made him from this lush, as Dottie said, which ev- cracked yes. everybody up in the dugout, turns yes. him from this lush into this, you know, a, a lot more lovable, redeemable character. Um, sure. And uh, I, as a small side note, I, I don't know at what point they really focused on his knee injury, but when he first kind of walks in and is walking around... I thought he was kind of pulling like a John Wayne, like cowboy kind of walk. Like a swagger. Yeah, like, like a, a swagger. swagger. And I was yeah. just like, well, that's... That's an interesting affectation for this character, <laughs> but, right. but you know he's got no cartilage in his knee. We come to find out, right? Um, he blew out his knee, which is why he's between that and the alcohol is not playing baseball anymore. But um, I think I even read that he wanted to wear a leg brace or something to just sort of indicate he was more injured than you might just tell, like you say from from just watching him on on screen for a little bit. So um, his I don't think he's probably ever had a knee injury. I have, and you do not necessarily walk like that when you have a knee injury, right? You don't walk like an old Western cowboy, not necessarily. More, yeah, it's a little more limpy than swaggery, you know. I think it's a great line to have on the list. I'm, I kind of waffle on how I feel about rankings. Now, when, when we talked earlier, I think you had said you maybe looked at a different list. Did you see the new one that I sent you via text message? I had, I had looked at the top 100 AFI films, which is different than the top gotcha. 100 AFI film quotes. Gotcha. Honestly, the film quote list is a lot more fun and has a lot more um, opportunity to work with, whereas some of the other ones may be all very drama and serious. You know, it, it would it would not be as necessarily a, as light of a chat as we're having today. So. Right. Different podcast entirely, if I say yes. so myself. Correct. Correct. I, I ask about uh, the rankings sometimes because some of them you feel should just be higher. You know, if you're going to make a list like this and you, you ask you know, regular film watchers, not not necessarily film critics or, you know, whoever else they had on this panel of 1,500 people, you ask them, and I, I think this this quote should be a little bit higher because it I, is I don't know how funny. you rank a quote. I mean, like, I know, that's, that's movies the crux, you might right? could do critic votes and box office, but with a quote I don't, embedded in the middle of a movie, I don't know how you would measure that. So, Well, the, the metrics are completely subjective, uh, I, I <laughs> <Yes>. think. <laughs> But it, it's, it's like, right. you know, the, the criteria is it's a spoken line of dialogue. So a uh, movie quotation, a statement, brief exchange of dialogue, cultural impact, movie okay. quotations that viewers use in their own lives and situations, 
I think this one is a huge contender for that piece of criteria right there. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and then uh, the legacy, movie quotations that viewers use to evoke the memory of a treasured film. Well, I think if you went just to, to a random grocery store and you said, there's a famous line from A League of Their Own, what is it? I think everyone, I think a majority would be able to tell you the quote. I mean, it's, it's very widely known. And if not prompted by the movie, you could probably say, there's no crying in baseball, and then that would prompt you know, the movie answer. Vice Correct. versa, I think they build off of each other in that way. Right, absolutely. But I, I like this line spoken by, by uh, the, uh, the drunkard Jimmy Dugan. Yes, again, he's he's got he's got spittle flying as he's shouting, and um, and right after that, um, the umpire is uh, even the umpire is offended by his screaming at his right fielder, right? And um, and it's like, hey, you need to treat each of these girls as you would your mother, and so and then he insulted the umpire, umpire, <laughs> and then you know it all it all deteriorated from there. So right. um, it's a great it's a great scene, it's a great line, it's a great actor. You know, I don't know if anyone else would have put all this, all the spittle and the uh, emotion into it um, yeah. as he did. You, you try to look deeper into the line sometimes, too. I don't think it's any more surface level than he's just a lunkhead at this point in the story. Sure. He's, got, he's got no love for, for what he used to love. He, he feels as if he's never going to recover and he's completely washed up without any sort of redemption at all. You know, but it, this, is, this is the glimmer. You know, this is the at least he's getting involved, whereas before right. he was pardon me, scratching his lower yes, region for an hour and a right. half, for an hour and as a half. David Straithorn right. said. I wonder, tell me what you think of this. Okay. Would you consider this maybe a small turning point in the movie? I would think so. I mean, the fact that he started wanting to coach and he was like, teach me the signals because I don't think you're calling the right right the pitch right or the or the, the correct batting approach right. Good I call mean, that back. was yeah. that was when he first starts kind of waking up. Um but he also, he, he goes on to say that there's no crying in baseball because his parents flew in for a very important game and his coach yelled at him in front of the entire stands and, and he wasn't, he, anyway, he kind of went on at some point in the movie to, to defend that this is a hard game and we, you know, you have to do hard things. Anybody else in America would love to be here playing this hard game, you know, and we, so he, he kind of backs it up, but not in a nearly um, as maybe memorable way. So. Right. And not, not in a very softening way either. It's just all, he turns it up to 11 right. when he goes there. A little bit That's of right. a, a little bit of a context would have helped that exchange probably. Sure. Like. Sure. Uh, yeah. A life lesson that was shared among the group, but no, right. he just, just screamed. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I, uh, I think it's a little bit of a, uh, a turning point. Maybe not, you know, the whole movie, the whole movie doesn't really hinge on very much. You know, the, the, the latter half focuses on the drama of Dottie actually leaving the team right before the series. Uh, which I think was a good a good narrative buildup, but this is this is an interesting line. And all that aside, I've only got one more as a replacement, and you just brought it up and your explanation, some of that okay. pretext. One hour, twenty nine minutes and seventeen seconds. Okay. Tom Hanks again talking to Dottie as she's getting in the car to go back to Oregon with Bill Pullman, her husband, yes. and she's talking about, well, it's you know, it's it's hard. He says it's supposed to be hard. If right. it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great, which yeah, I thought was, was another great, good line. That was a great line. And you could, you could paste Absolutely. that on any sort of seminar, you know, uh, build-up speech, true. any sort of self-help seminar. I think that's a great line. That's true. Now, let's, ta- let's go back and just a, ha- a hair. Let's talk about Bill Pullman shows up. First of all, no one knew he was coming. I mean, really, they, he, they were able to find her in a random boarding house. You know, she's on the road with the baseball team. Yeah. So he finds her the same day, it seems, as the day Betty Spaghetti found out her husband, you know, she got the telegram that something had happened to her husband. So um, so some of that was a little too compressed in the storytelling for me. But then he's like, oh, you're in the World Series? Well, good to see you, babe. Let's go home. I mean. <laughs> she gets no the, love at all or no support. You're the best but I mean, player in the league. Let's go he, home and see the cows. They really miss He's us. an injured GI. She feels obligated, you know, but. Well, I'm not but, even sure he even would have said. She, anyway, I just find that, you know, I guess in this day and age, we would be like, oh, I can't wait for us to go home in two weeks when the series is over. You know, Right, right. <laughs> but this so. is that this is that added drama. I, I agree. Yes. It was it was a. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a deus ex machina. You hear a knock on the door and she's, you know, bawling her eyes out. And I'm like, yes. oh, well, that's really handy. I wonder what's going to arise from this. So, yeah, I agree. Just yes. kind of a, a very brief, uh, 
very brief narrative device to kind of usher that drama a little bit further along. Sure. Kick the and Bill can, Pullman is certainly adorable in this in this movie with his cute short haircut. So um, my sister well cast. I I endorse this casting. <laughs> my sister, your friend Shelly, yes. big Bull Pullman fan. Okay. Yes. Okay. So have you you've seen The Sandlot? 1993, right? I have, but it's been a long time, and I haven't seen it in recent years. So I've never played baseball at, at really any level besides like middle school. You know, I'll go out and have a catch with my brother and my dad, and it's it's uh, it's great. But nothing nothing competitive, nothing organized. But I have heard this in dugouts. I'm sure on the TV at some point in my life in professional baseball, you're killing me. You're killing me out there. Oh yeah. And the manager's saying it to a player. So uh, the reason I say that. Tom Hanks again. I think he's kind of the quote hero in this instance of this episode. Sure. You're killing me, Alice. You're killing me with the stinky socks. Really? Get out there. Get out. You're killing mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I I want to say his delivery cracking me up, me smiling ear to ear. I think that translates to next year's movie in the Sandlot. The infamous "You're killing me, Smalls." You're killing me, Smalls. There you go. I I think there's a connection there. I mean, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I think it's very possible. I um I'm I love I played softball in high school. I was a bat girl in high school. I love baseball. I love baseball movies. I love Moneyball. I, it was it was the second one I believe in the top five gross earnings. But um so I but I've not watched The Sandlot and I've I think we tried to watch it with the children when they were younger, but it was back before there was PG thirteen rating. So I think it's rated PG, but it's not really a PG movie. Gotcha. So y'all, y'all previewed that one and it didn't shake out. <laughs> it didn't. Yeah. I think they, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of cute kids who want to play and there, there's all this inter dialogue with the boys. And so there, I think there's some curse words. I'm sure today it'd be fine. But when we were watching it, when the kids were with those, what I thought those boys ages were, it was not exactly, it was not what the rating said. So I need to go back now that everybody's older, we can watch it and enjoy it. I'm sure. So uh, it's one of my favorite movies. I mean, baseball movies aside, it's one of my favorite movies ever. It's so funny and great, but look for that line. You're killing me, okay. Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. I know it's famous, and I do say, yeah. I do say it to my children all, all the time, too. You, and, You're I mean, killing like, me. They've got T-shirts. I think it's a yeah. great line. I mean, I think uh, I think that should make it in AFI's 100 movie quotes, yes, uh, if I'm, I'm being sure. honest with you. I know you haven't really looked at the list, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try something different, Okay. Okay. Number 54 on, is on the list. There's no crying in baseball. I'm going to read you the two above it. I'm going to read you the two below it. So, okay. number 53. Okay. And, th- and this is out there. If you don't recognize it at all, that means it should probably bump up, right? So, okay. number 53. One morning, I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I don't know. That is from a Groucho Marx film. Number 52. Okay. You had me at hello, which is uh, Renee Zellweger and Jerry McGuire. Exactly. Got that. Now, 55. Mm-hmm. La di da, la di da. Diane Keaton and Annie Hall. Okay. Number 56. A boy's best friend is his mother, Norman Bates and Psycho. What do you think? I think um, there's no crying in baseball could beat all of those quotes. <laughs> I, I think it. I think la di da, la di da. I don't even think. Did it? Maybe people were saying it when the film was released, but that did not stand the test of time. Yeah. See, and that's and this movie came. <laughs> and this list came out in two thousand seven. I always get this year wrong. This list. This list came out in two thousand five. So okay. I think there's. I think there's room for a revision. I mean, we're at seventeen agree. years now. You know. I completely um, agree. There's no crying in baseball. It it sneaks closer to fifty than I think it's given it credit for. Now now fifty another agree. another Tom Hanks line. He's mm-hmm. he's represented on here pretty well. Is Houston nice. Houston we have a problem. Yes. And I love Apollo thirteen. Sure, but you know that wasn't exactly a movie line. That's like a that's a notable NASA saying, right? I mean that <laughs> that was famous before Apollo, unless I'm crazy. So um so he gets credit for it, although you know right. I don't think there's any other ones based on... Well, actually, there's uh, another baseball movie, Pride of the Yankees, with uh, Gary Cooper, I think. Yeah, Gary that Cooper. That sounds right. That sounds Today, right. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth, taken from Lou Gehrig's speech yes. uh, before he quit the league, before he uh, was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. But yes. all that to say, this this gets bumped up. I would agree. We'll, this we'll take over. Up. We're going to have to just take over this ranking and <laughs> redline so, it. Make some, make some notes. So what I'm thinking, not, not too many pages, though. We'll keep it, we'll keep it paginated, right. keep it light for you so you That's can at right. least enjoy it and read it. 
uh, what I'm thinking is Tasha is that I kind of uh, have like an open um, have like an open Google Doc. Maybe at the end of this season, I'm I'm still kind of playing with the idea. Sure. Send the list to all previous guests who want to mm. get in on it, and there have them kind of rearrange rankings and have kind of like an internal guest dialogue in that way. What do you think about that? Would you that would, would you want to do fun. something like that? Be, it might be hard. I think you're again like what genres of movies you know women like to watch are different than men sometimes. So it'll be interesting right, to right. see what the uh, what the averages end up being. This list brought to you by fifteen hundred people in the industry. Whoever yeah. they are, right? right? I think I think we're better. You know, I I, know, I give I, a, agree. I give AFI a, a lot of guff because I want them to come at me. I want to get this show <laughs> sponsored. Why don't we be like, hey, we'll fly this guy out here. We'll get a we'll get a couple guests out there. His top his top interviewees, and we'll That's uh, right. we'll hash it out real deal style. That's right. I, I completely agree. I got to tell you that a lot of those movies on the list that are pre nineteen fifty. They're, they're, I have not I have not been exposed to them, and um, so I need to do better. I need to do better with my film, my film appreciation. You're telling me you've never seen Beyond the Forest with Betty Davis? I'm sorry, I know. <laughs> I know. Hey, I haven't either. You're in good or company. Or Pride of the worry. Yankees. I, have, I mean, I know what it's about. I know there's a famous speech, um, but I I do have never seen it. So, um, yeah, they're they're not all bad. I mean, the the Groucho Marx movie I I just mentioned uh, was actually pretty funny i mean it's it was a little bit long too but uh sure. you know this was this was pre-code hollywood where they had you know unlimited run times and they could get away with showing women's ankles back in the day so it right, was it was right. kind of a, a revolutionary film i have i have personally taken an issue lately with the 100 top books you should read before you die or 100 movies you should see because um all due respect, an elder white man made the list. I mean, let's just be honest. Sure. So I not, don't not, think it necessarily. I don't think it represents all the things. So I think more contemporary lens would definitely be appreciated for some of these lists. There's like a poster with a uh, hundred best books you're supposed to read before you die, and you can scratch them off when you read them. It's got like a little. Um, they're they're all covered in gold foil, and you scratch off the foil when you read the book, and I. And the books are like really boring. I'm like, I don't want to read the Grapes of Wrath again. You know, I'm okay, or whatever. You know, right? Let's let's contemporary. Let's bring some more contemporary titles. Yeah, yeah. Maybe throw in a a fun young adult novel in there somewhere that that's was right. a bestseller that's or right. something. You know, doesn't all have to be dusty and and, and um, vintage. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don Don Quixote again? Yeah. Nah, I don't want to yeah. do that I'm one. I'm sure you know? War and Peace is on there. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> On topic, not on topic. Let's talk about the song. So one of the girls wrote a song about the league. Um, in fact, I've I've known the lyrics all these all these years. So, but Can, uh, so now now you got to hum a few bars. You've well, done I mean, this you to know, yourself. The, uh, I just told you I don't like karaoke. Um, <laughs> we are the members of the All American League. We come from cities near and far. And then da da da. Okay, so um, <laughs> Wonderful. I Good went job. to a women's college, and um, we had songs for everything that well, you had to learn them at orientation. So I 100 percent believe there is. This a was song. your version of Charm School like, or well, Glam- Glamour School. I'm just saying we had lots of songs we had to learn for lots of different things. So I 100 percent believe that the women of this era created a original song about their experience, and it's very catchy. It so. is. I liked it. And they sang it at the end, too, and they were still in tune. It was great. I know. In harmony, like four-part harmony. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, Madonna's, um, her song. Did you watch the credits? Because I couldn't turn off the credits. Like, there's, move, there's like scenes happening through the entire length of the credits. Yeah. Um, to Madonna's song, This Used to Be My Playground, which I love that song. Although Madonna contributed This Used to Be My Playground in the film, featured over the closing credits, her recording was not included in the soundtrack album for contractual okay. reasons. Gotcha. So, But it did peak, this is part of her, her uh, album, it did peak at 159 on the U.S. Billboard 200 in 1992. So well, it was definitely well-received. Okay, anything else? Oh, I was also going to tell you we're about casting. So Shirley Baker was the girl who could not read in the movie. Mm-hmm. She is a, a Cusack. She's John and Joan Cusack's sister. I knew I recognized her, and I saw a Cusack name in the credits. I was like, oh, this must be a distant cousin, because they all share that sort of, that, that visage. That I, it, they have a Cusack look. You know, there's a, okay. there's a Cusack mold. And I was like, she looks familiar. And then I saw her name, Anne Cusack was her name. Yes, is her name. And then um, the character, I think her name was Helen. She was like first baseman for the Peaches. 
her name, her real name was Anne Ramsey, and she was um, on Mad About You for like 10 years. She was Helen Hunt's sister on Mad About You. So um, I just, these are some little miscellaneous pieces that I um, picked up. And then back to Laverne and Shirley, Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley was the baseball announcer when they played their home games. Oh, okay. And uh, yes. that was the gentleman with the uh, rather large gap in his teeth. I guess so. Different? He has like a cleft chin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm Lenny thinking. and Squiggy are, um, if, again, I think you're going to have to watch Laverne and Shirley now. Just I, I, I have to. I have to. <laughs> if, if, you watch, if you watch The Sandlot, I will watch Laverne and Shirley. I'll rewatch The Sandlot. I have a 10-year-old okay. boy, so uh, he would probably love it now if there were curse words in the movie. He would be thrilled, <laughs> thrilled about like, it. Like, oh, so. wow, they said they're my age, and you're like, ah, ah, hang on. <laughs> well. Still well? I don't think so. <laughs> But I guess to sum it all up, we, we, we bump up the line because I, I, I've heard it numerous times, you know, and it, it's got so much charm and it's got so much, you know, heartfelt, you know, triumphs. And, you know, there's some sibling rivalry going on there, which is an interesting take in this in this baseball story, you know, whether oh, or not we it's, didn't we didn't even cover. So did Dottie drop the ball on purpose? Or good did it question. Get out of her hand? Great question. Where are you? Think, where do you land with that? I think uh, I think Dottie. I think Dottie dropped the ball on purpose. I think Dottie dropped the ball because she watched everybody chanting her name, Kit's name, and they'd never done that before. Yes, I, I think she dropped it. But you know, early on she, in that same game, she almost hit her in the head with the baseball when she when she hit it. So they they threw a lot of things at each other over the course of this movie: gloves, baseballs, Definitely. everything. Definitely. Um, so you think she dropped it, huh? I, 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 you know, I, I was back at, last night was the first night that I really started really contemplating that. Like, did, did she, did she let it go, you know, on purpose, but she never That's let it go on question. purpose. She never let it go on purpose throughout the whole film. She, um, she fell in dugouts and came out with the catch. So, um, she could do the splits and do the catch. So much less, you know, you know what? That's a great question, Tasha. And I, I'd expand on it by saying this. Okay. She, she goes out, she calls time. When Kit's up there to bat, she goes there and she says, hey, high and fast, she can't hit him. She can't lay off of him. Yeah. So so think about it like, uh, and I'll, I'll relay one of my own sibling stories here in a second, but think about it like, okay, she's been in my shadow. She, she feels a certain way. She's got all these emotions that she's, you know, laid into me with that, you know, I, I didn't know she felt this way. How, how could I have? I've only been trying my dead level best as being an older sister. Yes. W- whatever the case, she says, all right. Maybe this is her last challenge. If she can't stop swinging at these, but she winds up hitting one anyway, maybe I maybe I can meet her halfway and, and give her the rest yeah. of it. I wondered that too. If if she suggested that she throw her the high ball so that she would get the big hit, I I would counter that by saying any sibling in the Powers house uh, would be just inconsolable with rage that the the comp the competitive roots run deep and it's gotcha. it's not it's not in a negative you know overbearing sense but it's just something that we love to compete with and do with each other sure. and, and so i remember times when i would be playing you know specifically video games but also like soccer or something with brothers and sisters or board games i would make it a point to say if you let me win i'm not going to play with you anymore if you let me win because yeah. they'd try to sneak in an extra card and be like, I don't want that. You know, I had the presence right. of mind young enough to be like, hey, I got to play by the rules. So maybe maybe Dottie, uh, maybe Dottie took the more softened approach, as we've maybe said Maybe she did. Maybe she did. We're like that. Our, we play a lot of card games here. We play a lot of gin. Gin Rummy is our okay. like number one family game. As soon as you're third grade, you are handed to deck of cards. So, yes, <laughs> we, have, we have score sheets all over the house that we can't dare throw away because someone won in a fantastic fashion. And um, with the when the when someone wins big or loses big, there's all this moaning and groaning that comes in from the table. It's like hilarious. So yeah, there's <laughs> there's family dynamics and com- competition go hand in hand. And um, there's no crying and, in gin rummy. There's no crying in gin rummy. And my <laughs> husband does not believe in letting anyone win either. Like if you beat him, it's because you you didn't. No one slipped you an extra card. Mm-hmm. So yes. So they like to play with me because I'm a lot more generous with them. <laughs> <laughs> With Which is how you should losses. be. We, we we seek out that kind of pain. We 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 love you know getting beat down and down again at at, at our house, I guess. But that's just a difference of uh, different dynamics. Thank you so much for your time. 
I had a great time. Uh, um, I appreciate the opportunity, and um, I really do love this movie. And um, someone I someone I know said they they watch it like quarterly, like they watch it several times a year. I, I would so, recommend um, this movie to anyone. I'd be like, oh, you haven't seen it? You should. You should watch it with people and enjoy it. This is a great absolutely. movie. And I, I like Gina Davis, but um, I'm not necessarily her biggest fan, but I love her in this movie. I just mm-hmm. think she's it's my favorite role that she's played. Um, so I really I really enjoyed it. She, so. She's got a stoicism that really kind of draws you in a little bit, you know? Absolutely. So now you got to go check out Lori Petty on uh, Station Eleven. Station Eleven, Laverne and Shirley, you've got yeah, Sandlot yeah. <laughs> duty. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do my part. <laughs> Tasha, Tasha Kaiser, we can find you at... Where, in, where on Instagram again? Mississippi Mom Reads. It's our my bookstagram account. <clears throat> Gives you inspiration for all the kinds of books that are coming out. Will, will people be able to see the uh, illustrated book that you've got on this Instagram feed? Yeah, I'll be. I'll make a. I'm going to make a post with your fancy uh, microphone. Sweet, so, I love it. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> thank you for uh, your time, and thank you for a home run of a podcast. If it may be definitely so a home run. Two bats up. <laughs> Thanks again for your time. We'll look for you on Instagram and have a great rest of your night. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Unquote. You can find me anywhere online at UnquotePC or by sending an email to UnquotePodcast at gmail.com. Let's chat. Want to support the show further? Well, you can do so by visiting my Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Unquote. There are several tiers to choose from to support the show. Special tiers get early access to episodes and behind-the-scenes looks coming soon. Please also consider leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this episode with your friends as well. Start a conversation and let me know who starts throwing popcorn first. And you know I have to give a shout-out again to Pixabay Artists. Pixabay Artists provide great musical backing for some of the parts of this podcast and some of the artists I'd like to recognize now are Music Production, Julius H., Nemesis Music. Until next time, I'm Cooper Powers, and keep the film rolling.